you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2. It's good to see all of you here this morning. And um, I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for His Word. I'm thankful for His love. Amen. I'm thankful for you this morning that you're here in the house of God. And we welcome all of our visitors. I'm sure that someone's welcomed you when you walked in the door. But if they didn't, I say welcome to you. We welcome you to New Life Church this morning. You say, I, I don't speak English. Bienvenidos. Amen. We welcome you this morning to the house of God. Amen. Gloria a Dios. Dios te bendiga. Amen. Hallelujah. So. I know a little bit, amen, just a little, just enough to get me in trouble of Spanish. But uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to read starting in Joel chapter 2, and verse 23. And the Bible says this, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the palmer worm, a caterpillar, amen, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. I just want to preach for just a little bit here this morning. I will restore to you. How many knows we serve a God of restoration and recovery? Praise God. Amen. Let's pray over this word this morning. Would you stretch your hand this way that God would help me? Father, I thank you today, Lord, for this time. And Lord, it's an awesome thing to be in church, to be in the house of God, to feel your spirit and your presence, because you don't feel this everywhere, Lord. But I pray and thank you this morning for what we have here, the visitation of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you will help me this morning, God, that you will absolutely possess me, Lord. Fill me with your spirit, God, that the Holy Spirit will come out and that you'll anoint these lips of clay. God, that I will speak as the tongue of the learned that speaks a word in due season to the weary. I pray, God, for your Holy Spirit to flow through us. And God, anoint each and every heart, every ear, every eye, God, every mind. God, let us receive today this word as an encouragement unto us because you're an encouraging God and I thank you today and ask your blessing God over this and we thank you and glorify you and ask it in Jesus name and everyone in the church said praise God praise God amen I'm excited this morning so buckle up amen praise God praise God preaching this thought I was led by the Lord I was Last night, just reading, the Lord took me into a different passage of Scripture, and I was trying to put that together to preach this morning, and God said, no, that's for you. 
that's not for them, that's for you. So I went to prayer and the Lord talked to me about some things and I prayed everything through and prayed up and just grateful for God that He talks to us from His Word. And then I said, Lord, I beg you to speak to me because you know what the people need tomorrow. I don't know where they've been. I don't know what's going on in their life. But the Holy Ghost, amen, knows all things. Hallelujah. So I said, God, will you please minister through me? And He gave me a word and I'm so thankful for that. I will restore to you. Hallelujah. And so I'm preaching this thought. You know, the God of the Bible that we have here in front of us is a restoring God. He's a restoring God. That's the beauty of your Christian life that God can take and change everything and transform you. He can transform your mind, transform your life, transform your heart. The Bible says he reaches in and he takes the stony heart and he changes it and makes it a heart of flesh that can feel. He's the God that gives you a new set of faculties. Amen. He gives you a new belief system. He gives you a new way of thinking. When our ways weren't his ways and our thoughts weren't his thoughts, God changed that. Amen. He changes everything about you. Come on now. He changes everything. But I'm thankful that's the beauty of your Christian life that God restores us to the place that we ought to be. And that's why the devil hates you so much. That's why he's after you so much. That's why he wants to bring destruction to your life. You know, I was I was watching a little short reel on YouTube and this man was talking about how that the mockery of religion is never against Buddha. It's never against Mohammed. It's never against some man-made pagan God. But it's always Jesus. It's always the cross. It's always an upside-down cross. Or it's always Jesus. You know that they're mocking. And that old devil, that singer and comedians and actors that do all that stuff, it's never anybody else but Jesus. Why? Because the devil knows the power of God. He knows the power of God. He knows what Jesus did on the cross, conquered him, and he knows the only hope that we have is in Christ. He's a restoring God. That devil saw Adam's fall. And he's seen the multitudes of redeemed people get back up. Come on now. He's seen them get back up. I've read that scripture where it says, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory. Aren't you thankful when you get saved, you come back into a glorious atmosphere. You come back into a place of glory where the presence of God is. Come on now. You're reconciled back unto God. You go from darkness to light, from curse to blessing, from death to life, from torments to glorious testimonies of peace. Because that's what the gospel does. It restores lost humanity back to God, back to a glorious position of a restored relationship with God. And I've come to proclaim to you today the goodness of God, the restoration work of God. You ought to shout this morning if God has restored you in your life. There's people in here that used to be drug addicts. They're not that anymore. There's people who used to be bound by depression. They're not that anymore. Amen. He's a restoring God. In Joel, Israel experiences the judgment of God in the first chapter. Yeah. There is judgment that comes because of sin. 
I lost count as I began to read and study the book of Judges. The times that Israel turned from God back to idols, back to pagan gods, back to Baal. I lost count how many times that's happened. As you read the scriptures, Proverbs 14 and 11, I want you to turn there with me. It's a great scripture that you need to keep in your mind and before you. But Proverbs chapter 14 verse 11 says, The house of the wicked shall be overthrown. You want to know why you're overthrown in your house? You want to know why it seems like there's nothing, you know, that the marriage is a wreck or the kids, you know, are rebelling? I can tell you, the Bible says the house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. So just get your heart right with God. Get your house right and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. We're going to serve the Lord. Well, what if everybody in the house don't want to serve the Lord? You serve the Lord. Amen. You pave the way. You be that spiritual leader. You be the one. But it says here in the scriptures in verse 12 there is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death. Listen. There was a reaping to Israel and there's a reaping whenever we don't live for God like we need to, like we're supposed to, like we've been called out to. The insects, the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locust, and the caterpillar all represent something. Insects represent the armies that God allowed to judge Israel that stripped them of their harvest. Stripped them of their harvest. And by harvest, I mean the blessing of God, the fruit of their labor and sowing, the harvest of a future the very presence of God that was evident upon them. And the same applies to you and me. Hallelujah. It's not necessarily an insect in your life that's a literal insect, but it's something that is stealing from you that God has to uh, restore. It's something that you've allowed the enemy to rob from you and take from you because of disobedience. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for the blood. Thank God that he said that he would in no wise cast us out. But if we came unto him, amen, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing, amen, not even your sin. God loves you no matter where you're at and he wants to restore us. But I'm reading this and I thought, Lord, the harvest, and, and just putting it in a practical sense to us, the harvest that you're talking about that we read here or that I see practically applied here in my own life. Let me get back to the scripture here. I got my, my small letter Bible here, but I found it. But the harvest that I'm talking about or that the word of God is speaking of is the blessing of God upon your life God wants to restore. The fruit of your labor and sowing that he wants to restore. The harvest of a future, the very presence of God evident upon your life. Every one of those pesty insects inflicted some pain, irritation, and destruction upon the children of Israel. And it does the same to 
us. Maybe you're there today and you're saying, I want restoration in my life. I want to feel God again. I want my life back in alignment with God. He's going to do it for you today. He's a restoring God. The palmer worm. I'm going to break these down for you. The palmer worm was a gnawing insect that claws at the leaves. It chews away at the leaves. And I thought about that. You know, he said, I'll restore what's chewed away your leaves. Well, pastor, that's not the fruit. I can tell you those leaves represent something. Those leaves represent something. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates upon that law day and night. And he said, So shall he be planted by the rivers. Amen. Like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. And it'll produce fruit in its season. And it says his leaf will wither not. Because he's planted deep by the water brook. Those leaves represent something today, church. They represent the strength. They represent the stability in God. They represent God's presence. His very life is flowing through you because you're planted by that river. God wants to restore our strength and plant us by that river and renew our strength. Leaves matter. Leaves matter. People that are in victory speak to other people and they gain victories. He said that healing, those leaves are for the healing of the nations. Those leaves represent your strength. But there's people who have no leaves. They're just a barren tree. God said, I want to restore your strength to you. That the palmer worm has gnawed away. Gnawed away. My God. The canker worm, he's a, a worm that sucks, sucks the bud dry to render it a skeleton. In other words, he sees that fruitful bud and he goes to that and he sucks that out of that very bud that will no longer produce anything fruitful. It won't blossom, it won't bloom. I wrote this down. It, it, it absolutely sucks the bud dry to render it a skeleton. That's your hope for another blossom, your bud of hope for fruitfulness. I remember a man years ago that came to this church, and I remember having a conversation with him, and he said to me, he said, I hear you preach, and he said, I just feel like my whole life is a complete failure. And I said, brother, what you need is victories in your life. I said, there's something about victories, amen. They just seem to embolden you. When God brings you through in a victory, you feel stronger. And God begins to show you there is hope for greater life in you, amen. Don't let the devil destroy the fruitfulness of your life. But this man said, everything in my life is a failure, a complete failure. My job, my career, my family, my marriage, my children, everything. He said, I can't even get anything together. I've come to tell you, God said, I will restore unto you what that canker worm hath eaten, what that canker worm has eaten, what that caterpillar has eaten and destroyed. Palmer worm. Some people feel like I can't get to the fruitfulness stage because the bud's always gone too soon. 
I can tell you, friend, you don't need self-improvement videos. I think the most oxymoron thing I've ever seen is self-help books when you couldn't help yourself. The very title is an oxymoron. You don't need self-empowerment. You need a touch from the master. In fact, some people in here, what you need to do is you need to touch the master. Amen. You need to touch the master. Praise God. It blessed me to see my sister come up. Vertigo, that room's spinning. But she came up. I know where my source is. If I could just reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Come on. Come on now. The woman with the issue of blood, she was drained from years, 12 years of just bleeding. You know what that says to me? That every time, that means her cycle was continuing. And ladies, you know what I'm talking about. But it was just continuing. So everything was dying. That life was dying. She was wasn't having any baby. She wasn't producing any life. And she spent everything she had. She tried everything she could try. But she said, if I can just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be whole. Do you know all you have to do is touch the fringe of the great high priest and he will begin to shoot through you the very virtue of life. The Bible says, Jesus said, who touched me? Somebody can touch God in a way that's so powerful that faith, amen, that faithful touch, that touch that believes God. You have to say, I'm tired of the devil robbing me of my fruitfulness. I'm sick of it. So I've got to make some changes. If I keep doing the same thing, I'm going to keep getting what I've been getting. But I'm going to change course here. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to sit in another church service and let the devil torment me and keep me in fear. Amen. Tell me that I can't go to the front because I got a devil in me or something like that. Let me tell you something. God wants to set you free. Don't let him rob you another year, another day, another month. The touch of healing came instantly. Oh. You need a virtue of Jesus' touch. I've been there. He will restore your fruitfulness. I've been there where he met me in that prayer closet. And I said, Lord, I feel like I'm just absolutely barren and lifeless. And he said, I'm going to touch you again. Amen. I'm going to touch you again. Hallelujah. I'm going to touch you again. Glory to God. I'm going to touch you one more time. Mighty God. There is that palmer worm. There is that canker worm. And then there is the caterpillar. He said, I'll restore every one of them. What every one of them has done to you, I will restore. The caterpillar is a liquor. I don't mean L-I-Q-U-I-O-R, however you say it. He doesn't eat as much as he annoys. But he does eat. He does destroy. Hallelujah. The caterpillar is a licker. That devil that licks your ear and leaves you his slime behind. 
you get involved in things that you shouldn't be involved in, God will forgive you, but you're still dealing with the aftermath. <laughs> Amen. You opened yourself up and you saw something and you prayed it through and God forgave you. But the devil said, you've already put it in your mind. So it's there. So you're that, amen, that lick is still there. And a day will pass by and he'll bring another thought across your mind. Come on. He'll bring that thought across your mind. You're like, oh my God, why did it? I can tell you, just keep on keeping yourself before the Lord. Let him renew that mind. He said, present your body a living sacrifice, holy unto God, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be formed, you know, conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Jesus. Caterpillar's a licker. You can shake him off, but he tries to inch back up. But let me share something with you today. Somebody's going to get set free. With the very finger of God, Jesus said, with the finger of God, I cast out devils. I just flick them like a bug. Boom. 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 Just like that. Amen. Boom. Hallelujah. I've been there where I was tormented. I've been there where I was oppressed. I've been there where I was depressed. I've been there. I've been there and I cried out to God. And the, and the God that I serve by his mighty power said, take your hands off of my son. Take your hands off of his mind. Take your hands off of his thoughts. Take your hands off of his body. Take your hands off of his emotions. You loose your hold in the name of Jesus. Anxiety is not of God, so quit calling it yours. Quit saying, well, my anxiety. Don't own that anxiety. Don't own that depression. My depression. It's not your depression. It's hell's depression. The finger of God, he said, I cast out devils. Boom. I tell you something years ago. I was in the CRC prison and I was preaching. I was by myself in a bilingual service. And here I am preaching at the front of that service. And we had an hour. And I don't mean an hour and one minute. An hour and five minutes. We had an hour. And that was setting up the chairs, the men coming in, worship, preaching, praying, everything. And that When that bell rang, that deputy came in and you couldn't have an afterglow. It was, those chairs had to be up and they needed to be out to go back to their bunks. So here I am, I preach, and I share by myself, which is something I don't recommend people to do. You should always go in twos. But I'm there in CRC preaching in a bilingual service. I had, a, I had an interpreter that was interpreting for me because 90% of the men in there could not speak English. And you know I couldn't speak Spanish at that time. <laughs> And knew two Spanish songs, and I sang my heart out, and they cried and wept, and then I preached to them. And at the end of that service, we prayed just a corporate prayer. I had five minutes left. I was getting ready to dismiss them, and I'm, I'm, I've got my hands in the air. I said, Lord, I'm going to pray a dismissal prayer. And the Spirit of God said, see that man back there about where Ray's at? He said, see him back there. He's got his hands in the air. He's weeping. He's crying. Little skinny man. He said, call him up here and lay your 
hand upon him and pray. And I said, okay. I said, sir, you come here. I was thinking, you know, he's here. Maybe he's from Mexico. Maybe he's missing mama. Maybe he's crying because he can't see his kids. I don't know what he's up against, but I don't care. I'm just going to pray for him. And here he come. And he stood there. And I said, sir, I want to pray for you. And he's, oh, yes. And I laid my hands on him. He fell over in the floor. Boom, devil possessed. I went, my Lord in heaven, I don't have time to deal with this devil down here. I said, God, oh my God. I got down there and I did the only thing I knew to do. I never dealt with it. I was in training. I was an intern for a long time. That was my first on-the-job experience. And I said, devil, you let him go and you come out now in the name of Jesus. You come out now in the name of Jesus. Oh my God, within 20 seconds, That man was on his feet and he's shouting and he's praising God. He was delivered in 30 seconds. God knows how to flick the bug. He knows how to flick the bug. I've been there where I didn't have peace and I said, God... You got to get this liquor off of me, let me tell you. He keeps licking my ear. And just like that, it's gone. That's the God we serve. We have authority. Oh, I know. People get stirred up and they get scared. And they get, you know, nervous. I want you to know something. That God's a delivering God. We're not going to send you to an insane asylum or a mental ward. We're going to pray the prayer of faith for you. Hallelujah. My God. The locust is the final one. Is the swarmer. Meant to eat. Meant to eat the fruit of your harvest. Or maybe meant to eat the fruit of somebody that sowed into you. Their harvest. Amen. Oh, I'm going to say it. Amen. Hallelujah. Francesca, you're here today because you had a mama and a grandma. You had people in your family that prayed you through. And even though sometimes we try to take a detour and go down another road, I can tell you God said, I'm not going to allow, allow the harvest that mama and grandma prayed for year after year after year to go by the wayside. But I will restore, amen, what the devils tried to destroy. I will restore it. I will bring it back into existence because I'm the God who calls those things that are not as though they were. My God. There's a lot of people you just feel like, my God, where is my harvest? I've come to tell you God wants to restore that harvest. The swarmer meant to eat the fruit of your harvest. That's the fruit of your faithful life. Jonah, God saw him faithful enough to be a prophet to go speak to Nineveh. But at the end of his life, when he was at the pinnacle, I believe, of his life, he heard from God. The devil wanted to take him down a detour and go the opposite direction. God knows how to restore his perfect will because your harvest isn't just for you. It's for the glory of God. It's not even about you and I. It's about the glory of God.
Because whenever you're in victory and you're obedient and your harvest is restored and your kids are serving God and the work of God is being accomplished, God gets glory. Oh, man. That's the fruit of your faithful life. It happened to Elijah. It happened to David. I could go on and on. Elijah saw one of the greatest moves of God. Saw fire fall down from heaven. And then Jezebel said, by this time tomorrow you'll be dead. Everybody in the, the nation, I got a hit on you, buddy. Amen. He just killed five, 400 witches. Well, they weren't witches. They, they were witches. That's exactly what they were. They were witches. They were demonic, diabolical witches. And he pushed them over that hill and, and they died. He put the very sin and the very, you know, uh, the, the very essence of it or the very manifestation of it to death. There's things that we have to put to death. Amen. 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 You got a problem with alcohol? I can't overcome it. Take that stuff and dump it down the drain. Amen. Dump it down the drain. Amen. We're not going to have this in our house because it makes me do stupid things. It's not Bud Wiser. It's Bud Stupider is what it is. You got apps? Get rid of them. You got relationships that seem to continue to bring you down? Get rid of them. Get rid of them. You don't have to be mean or rude. Just lose their number. And when they call, say, I ain't got no time today. Sorry. Hope you have a, a, a good day. Click. Amen. There's people you can't be around. Because when you get around them, you become like them. You act like them. Amen. Some this morning, maybe there's something down deep within you, and God's still trying to uproot that thing. You've still had thoughts. Well, I can go back. No, you can't. God wants to restore your harvest. Don't you sabotage it. The locust is a swarmer. you got to understand he's trying to eat and destroy the fruit of your harvest. That's your children that you've invested in. They're not here today, Pastor, but I prayed and I raised them the best I could. You just keep claiming that harvest. You keep claiming that. Adelia, you keep claiming that harvest, sis. Amen. Your kids will serve God in Jesus' name. They will serve God in Jesus' name. They will come back home in Jesus' name. Amen. They will come back in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. They're coming. Hallelujah. That's your children. That's your marriage. You say, I've invested in this. I've invested in this. And you have children and you have the blessing of God. There's a large investment there and the devil wants to come and he wants to shake that up and destroy it. But God is saying to you and I today, don't let the devil destroy your marriage. Don't let the locust come and eat up the harvest. You're at the very pinnacle of, of, of a victory in your life. Amen. When your children are babies, they don't see a lot of things. But whenever they start to go through that middle age, let me tell you, they start watching and paying attention to stuff. And the things that you're doing, I can tell you, will affect them even though you think they don't see it. We had it. Both of my boys that were seasons in their life, and I would never 
divulge anything, but there were times in their life where Sister Skiles and I praying people, seeking the face of God, and we had to run a few people off. Well, Pastor, they need Jesus. I can tell you, my kids need to serve God too. Amen. Amen. And so and so down the street, that's a neighborhood kid, maybe the worst influence. And I can tell you, we run a few of them off. We run a few girls off too. Amen. I didn't have to. Sister Skiles took care of that. She's the resident hitman. Amen. Get out of here. Get out of here. Gotta go. Mom and dad, amen. They think they think they we got two beautiful, wonderful, spirit-filled daughter-in-laws that are working for the kingdom of God and the church. We have a great relationship. God is using them because God has a perfect plan. Don't settle for the permissive plan or what he permits, but begin to rest in that perfect plan. And when God says no, young people, he's always got a bigger yes. Well, I got a situation that's not looking too good, Pastor. In my marriage, in my children, in my home. Let me tell you something. Are you not hearing the message? He's the God that restores. He's the God that gives you beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning, but beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. He, uh, that burnt up life. Ain't nothing left but a heap of ashes. What can God do with that? He makes it beautiful. He makes it beautiful. Amen. Praise God. I burned it up. God restores it again. <laughs> but you let the devil eat the fruit of your harvest when you've prayed and interceded for that co-worker, that brother, that sister in Christ. Don't you give up on them. He said, I will restore the years. The years. The years you didn't have a dad and you can't seem to overcome that. God will restore that. And you'll be singing, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. <laughs> That's who you are. You're a good, good father. The father I never had, God gave me a real good, good father. He's my father. He's my everything. Amen. I will restore the years, the years, the years you moped around of a broken heart because your first love that you thought was your first love but wasn't, didn't love you, left you and abandoned you. But God said, I'm going to heal your heart because he's a God who died for the brokenhearted, and he's a healer of the brokenhearted. Oh, God's talking to some people this morning. He said, I will restore the years. It's been long enough. It's time to make a change. It's time to make a change. The years of undiscipline, the years you sat on the sidelines defeated, the years that the devil told you you're invaluable, you're irrelevant, you're insignificant, you're never going to change. Nothing's ever going to change on your life and in your life. He's a liar and the father of all lies. Quit believing the lie. Deception comes when you believe the lie. Don't you believe the lie? Come on now. 
God says otherwise. He gave His only begotten Son to show you the magnitude of His love to restore your value. You had no value, but He gave you value. When Christ comes in you, you have the most of value. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a peculiar treasure to God. The very apple of His eye. He said, I loved you with an everlasting love, not a temporary love, but with an everlasting love, with a love that you can't even comprehend that has no beginning or ending. Do you hear me? That's an everlasting love. It's beyond your ability to comprehend. So when you think that the, when the devil's lied to you and told you God won't forgive you this time, oh, yes, he will. He's a liar. God, God is a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. My God, thank you, Lord. He says otherwise. He wants to restore you to value. How do I get there, Pastor? You've got to believe what God says. We need a promise. You can't be restored until you believe the spiritual promise. What is my spiritual promise, Pastor? You know, too many people don't preach the promises of God. They don't preach it. Look, I'm telling you right now, God's healed me in my heart a long, 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 long time ago. You know how I know he healed me? Because he said, you quit talking about it. You quit bringing it up. You quit always referencing it and talking about it. You quit, you keep, you quit bringing it up. When God heals you, you leave it at that altar and you say, you know what, Lord, you're enough. You're enough. You're enough for me. We need to hear it. The promise. What is the promise? Verse 24. He said, And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. That's powerful. The floors full of wheat represent the bread, the very substance of bread, the possibility of bread. God wants to give you and I His Word. He doesn't just want to... The manna wasn't just for their physical substance. It represented the very bread of God, the bread of heaven. That place of wonder where you say, because that's what the manna meant. Manna meant, what is it? What is this? What is this? This is, this is incredible. What is this? What is this? They couldn't believe it. My goodness, this is amazing. What is this? The wonder and astonishment of a discovery in God. God wants to, ooh, God wants to restore that in some people. You lost your discovery of God. You lost your wonder and astonishment of God. You lost that. What is this? Oh, Lord, you are so awesome. You were so awesome. The other day I was in prayer and I felt the presence of God so powerful I thought I was going to explode. Amen. I was just, the love of God was flowing like a river. And as I sat there in my bedroom and I'm praying and seeking the face of God, God's bringing back that what is it. Amen. That astonishment, that joy, that rejoicing, that power, that discovery that says, my God, I'm astonished in God. He brought it back again. And I'm there and I'm just 
shaking. I'm like, Lord, I feel your presence so powerful. This is so awesome. And I said, Lord, I wish you were here. I'd just grab you and kiss you and hug you and love you. And he said, I want you to go to church and do that. I want you to go to the house of God and do that. I want you to wrap your arms around people. And he said, the people of God, they'll love you back. That's me hugging you and you hugging me. The bread, the bread, the what is this? The life, not crumbs, but hot bread. Amen. His word, the wine vats would be full of wine. Restoration of joy. The wine is joy. Oh, too many crumbs. Oh. Too many Christians down when God said, I've come to give you joy. Only time I ever read of restoring the joy was because David had to repent. But he said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Amen. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, my salvation, and renew a right spirit in me. He's a restorer of joy. He said, your wine vats will be full of wine and restoration of joy. That's the representation and symbolic uh, definition there. Overflowing wine and oil. That's oil from the olive. That proves that the oil was worth the crushing because it takes a crushing to get some oil out of an olive. You know, people want to understand the great joy The power of restoration and that oil being restored. You know what that means? That means my light is burning bright because I got oil. I went to the car wash one day. Brea, I come out of there. I had my Bible in the back. And these two... Hispanic men were standing there by my truck. It's very odd to me. But I walked up and I, I had my tip and I had my card. And I looked at them and, and I said, here, fellas, I said, you're going to have to split this. I don't know what else to do. I usually don't get two guys. <laughs> here. And they said, pastor. And I thought, but maybe I will have to give them a double tip. I said, I said, you saw my Bible. He said, no. One of them fellas reached down there. He pulled up that olive oil out of my door. I didn't even realize that I had put it there. He said, you got the oil. (laughs) 
just like that, they said, we need prayer. I said, right here at the car wash, come on, let's get on with it. Amen. We prayed, amen. One said, my wife left me, I don't know what I'm going to do. Broken English, she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, brother, God's going to bring her back. We're going to pray. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know that he can and I know that he will. And he cares about you and he cares about your children. And he cares to restore you. Other man, I pray for him healing in his body. I never saw him again. But I believe I'll see him in eternity. But the greatest, greatest compliment that could ever be given to you and I is that we have the oil. In heaven, that we have the oil, we have the oil, we have the joy, we have the bread. My God, He's a God of restoration. There have been times I didn't have the oil, I didn't feel it flowing. The crushing comes so that the oil can be pressed. Lots of life. The light of life, rather, comes from the broken, brokenness and the lamp is lit and burning. And all of this is a result of God pouring out the rain, the former and the latter. I'm closing. Stay here with me. I love this, how he's not just raining on our desert once, but he said, I'll give you the former and the latter rain. In the beginning, in the middle, in the immature growing stage. Remember those times when you were backslid, but God brought somebody across your path. And they talked to you and you were crying. Amen. My son told me one time when he was in high school, he said, I went. I wasn't doing right, Dad. I wasn't doing right as a teenager, you know. He said, I wasn't, and I knew I wasn't, but he said, one day God just told me, go in there to that Christian club. And he said, you know, it's just not my kind. I'm Pentecostal, you know. But he said, I went in there, and I thought, what am I doing here? And he said, this fella went up, and he just started strumming on the guitar. And he said, I sat there at the back of that class, and I wept and wept and wept and wept. Amen. God will use a vessel that you think he can't even use. He'll use a vessel that you think don't have no oil, but he's got enough oil. Amen. And begin to minister to him. But there's those times. Amen. God will give you that latter rain. He'll give you that rain and touch you and rain upon your desert in the middle of that time when the harvest is trying to come up. And bud, he'll restore that. Don't get discouraged. Do what God said. Rejoice. Be glad and rejoice. You ain't got to work for this. You just got to receive it. I know the church world wants to tell you, you got to work for it. You don't have to work for it. You just need to receive it. Amen. You just need to receive it. You ain't got to work for it. Just receive it. God's preparing us for a great harvest. Don't get discouraged because the rain comes instantly, but the harvest is a process. Pastor, I feel God's presence, but I'm not seeing the things happen in my field. The harvest doesn't seem to be coming like I want it to. It's coming. Because God will honor your sowing. It's a universal, eternal law. You will reap what you've sown. 
If you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap of the Spirit. For just a second, set money to the side. Everybody always thinks he's preaching about money. I'm not right now. I'm talking about you sowing in prayer. God, get a hold of my backslid husband. I'm sowing in prayer. Get a hold of my children that are away from God. I'm sowing in prayer. God, restore my life. Minister to me. One day I was praying and I said, God, I don't feel you. And I began to pray and I prayed and I still didn't feel him. I still didn't feel the Holy Spirit a couple times. But then two or three days later when I was in prayer, God turned on that faucet and the Holy Ghost fell upon me so powerful. And church, he said, I'm pouring out what you sowed to three days ago. You just got to dig the valley full of ditches. The rain will come down the road. It was raining down the road. It was raining 15 miles away, 20 miles away. But God said it'll not rain. You'll not see rain. You'll not see snow. You'll not see nothing, no clouds. But fill this valley full of ditches. And it was raining down the road. But it got to those val- that valley full of ditches. What are you sowing to? You want a restored harvest? So do the things of the Spirit. Amen. So do the things of the Spirit. Don't get discouraged. You determine when you sow. God determines when it rains. And the harvest comes in process of time. So just hold on. Amen. Just hold on. Just hold on. Don't give up. Amen. Don't give up. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Don't get discouraged. Restoration is a process. Harvest is a process. Build yourself up on this most holy faith. Keep yourself in the love of God and stay full of the Holy Ghost and watch as God begins to pour out of His Spirit upon you. So do the Spirit. Cultivate your spiritual life. Stir up the gift of God within you. My God. Lord. Lord Jesus. Stand with me. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, the anointing of God is here. His spirit is here. Begin to lift your hands towards heaven. Begin to lift your hands towards heaven. Begin to rejoice. Begin to thank him. Amen. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, you know what? This morning you say, Pastor, almighty God. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not right with God. Today is your day. Come, fill this altar. I don't want the devil to rob me of my harvest. I don't want the devil to strip me of my harvest. I don't want the enemy, Pastor, to take away my harvest. Come down here and begin to thank him. Come, If you need to repent, repent. And then begin to praise and rejoice. 
Amen. Begin to thank Him, Lord. You're saving my kids. My kids are coming. My spouse is coming. My children are coming. God, the restoration of revival in my life is a coming. God's going to do it. Amen. He will restore. He will reign upon your desert. If you're not where you need to be, if you're not born again, if you need restoration, come. If you're not saved, come. Let God touch you this morning. Oh, but I'm afraid, Pastor. Put that fear to the side. Step out and let God touch you. Today is your day of salvation. Hallelujah. He's a restorer. He's a restorer. He's a restorer. Oh, my God. My God, my God, my God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus.